0: Welcome to the Derek Diamond Experience podcast where every week I take a look into the world of film and television with those who have lived it and experienced it. I am your host Derek Diamond and coming up on today's show you'll be hearing my conversation with filmmakers Jen Bagley and Mary Huey. They're here to talk about their documentary Jack and Yaya. And what's interesting about this documentary is that it's one of to put it bluntly it's one of the most raw and emotionally powerful documentaries that I've seen in quite some time. And I'm not going to get too in-depth with it during this intro because we talk about it quite a bit during the actual interview, but this was a very eye-opening documentary for me because the two people who are featured, Jack and Yaya, are both transgender. And they're best friends, you know, they grew up together, and they knew that they were different. From an early age, and they talk about that, and talk about their years of friendship and everything that they've had to go through, throughout their lives, and it's a subject that I will admit I'm not too knowledgeable about. So, seeing this documentary was um, a very eye-opening and a very enlightening experience for me, and also with you know Jen and Mary both being members of the LGBTQ community and plus you know June is pride month so I wanted to do something to um, to kind of tie into that because and I don't want to get political on the show because I like to use the show as a distraction and not really bring that type of stuff into the podcast because we hear about it so much through any other you know news outlets or whether it's on social media facebook twitter things like that but after really thinking about it you know it, i think if it's something that i want to discuss i shouldn't be afraid to talk about it so i'm not saying that i am going to start adding political elements to the show cuz that's definitely not going to happen but topics like this that still have to do with film but with deeper stories like this one. And hopefully in the next few weeks, um, I'm working on getting an interview with a filmmaker who's also a psychotherapist. So I think talking about film as well as mental health, especially with everything that's going on right now, I think is super important. And mental health is something that I've been really high on over the last uh, two years. So hopefully that will happen, but... We're gonna have a very interesting few weeks here on the Derek Diamond Experience, but that all the mental health stuff is for another time. Today we're talking about Jack and Yaya with Jen Bagley and Mary Huey. Fantastic conversation. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Like I said, it was a very eye-opening conversation and a very eye-opening documentary for me. So I hope you guys have as much fun listening to it as I did uh, participating in it. So without further ado, here is my conversation with jen and mary happy to be joined with my two very special guests this week from the documentary jack and yaya mary huey and jen bagley how are you guys doing
1: we're great we're so happy to be talking with you hey Derek, what's up
0: not too much. Uh, we were actually just uh, talking before we started. I, I had the chance to, to watch your documentary uh, a little bit before we did this interview, which I- I'm-, I'm excited to talk about. But um, I wanted to start from the very beginning. So you know, you guys worked on this documentary together, but how did you guys initially meet each other? And what was it that you know, kind of inspires you guys to want to make a movie together?
2: Well, <laughs> that's a very funny question, um, because it, it all started where um, a lot of things start, uh, which is on the Internet.
1: Yeah. So basically we so we we met. Um, we're, we're dating. So we met on thanks to OKCupid. So this movie should really be sponsored by them. Um, but yeah, so we met and then we had been dating for a number of years. But um, uh, when we started to do this project.
0: That's actually a first for me. I've never had two people meet from OK Cupid. So it does work.
1: <laughs> oh, really?
2: Yeah. <laughs> it had it had its time, and I think I think it made some matches, us included, and then it like, yeah, I don't think it's it's not as a th- as much of a thing
0: anymore.
1: Yeah, it makes I think it makes it sound old, but yeah. that's
0: okay. <laughs> No, Definitely I mean, I've, I've heard of it, so it makes me sound old, too, I guess. So, um, <laughs> no, as I remember, like, that, and there were a couple of others that all came out, like, around the same time, and you don't really hear from any of them anymore. I think it's just because there's, like, a new one that comes out, like, every year or every two years, and it's like it's like a new car or a new computer. It makes the older model obsolete, it seems like. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I remember like uh, plenty of fish was like featured in a yep. like Lady Gaga video, and I was just watching it last week, and it was I was like, oh my god, I, I totally <laughs> forgot about that.
0: Yeah, I actually I had a date not too long ago due to um plenty of fish. It didn't work out, but it it, it still has it still uh, it's still around. Yeah, it's still uh still kicking. So um, once Thank you guys met, like, did did you guys? want know you wanted to go into filmmaking from an early age or was it just kind of one of those hey let's do something
2: so me Jen um sorry I feel like we sound kind of the same so I have to identify myself um I have been a filmmaker or fancying myself a filmmaker since the age of 10 uh, when I first got my first camcorder so it's kind of always been my dream to do so um And then I went to college for media production. So it's kind of always been my thing. But I guess Mary, not so much. It's kind of a recent thing for her.
1: Yeah, no, I don't I didn't have any like technical background in film. I mean, obviously watched a lot growing up um, and continuing till now. But um, as far as like I had no background in it, um, which, you know, makes it all the more ridiculous that I was the one who came up with the idea of doing a documentary, because obviously I didn't realize like how much work (laughs) goes into that. Um, so I was the one who kind of pitched Jen on it, and I think I didn't even really know what I was getting myself into.
0: But you did come up with the idea, and, you know, it all has to start with that, so I'd say that's a pretty important part.
1: Yeah, yeah, and so I had known, I was, how we met, kind of met these two folks was that I had been friends with Jack for, I've been friends with him since 2010, we both met because we had both, um... Uh, We're new to Boston, um, and so we were kind of both looking for friends and met through one of my old roommates um, and have been friends ever since. Um, And of course, I had heard about Yaya over, you know, the course of our friendship. Um, And I don't know what it was, but for some reason I was talking to him, um, it was like around Christmas time in 2016, and he, I guess he must have just talked about Yaya, and something about that night made me write down Jack and Yaya documentary. And then I kind of brought the idea up with Jen and then we talked it over and then we were like, all right, let's, let's try a little short, which, you know, that idea didn't last too long.
0: So once you guys came up with the idea for it, like how how did everyone, I mean, obviously there were a ton of people who participated as far as doing interviews and just being featured, but how did everyone take to the idea when you approached them? Like, Hey, we want to do a documentary about you guys.
1: Well, so I think since Jack and I already had like a really strong friendship and there was a lot of trust there, he was kind of like, you know, yeah, sure, I'll do it. You know, I think probably not totally understanding like really what he was signing up for. But I feel like that's probably the only way you can sign up to be the subject of a documentary. So if you don't think about like how intense that process might be um, and, you know, yeah, yeah, I feel like we just we ended up having a few FaceTime conversations with her. Um, and I think she kind of went along with it because she trusts Jack and she was like, all right, well, if you, if Jack trusts you, maybe I can trust you. And then, and then, you know, I think it also, we were all kind of flying by the seat of our pants a little bit too. So the whole thing in the beginning definitely felt a little bit like an experiment. Um, so they kind of were willing to go along for the ride with us.
2: Yeah. And as for the rest of the family, um, they were about as welcoming as you see in the movie, um, When we got there, they immediately like handed us a bush light and we're like, you know, put on the eagles and, you know, just kind of gave us bear hugs, even though we didn't know them at all. Um, And just really opened their lives up to us. And we're extremely grateful for that.
0: Kind of mentioning that, you know, it felt more of like an experiment in the beginning. My my first thought of the movie, and I don't mean this as a knock, but it felt very raw. But I think, I think that's part of the charm of what it is, is that it, the, the emotion is what's driving the story. And there are some, you know, and I don't want to give too many spoilers of it for people who haven't seen it yet, but you see a couple of scenes in that. It's really eye-opening because, you know, I found myself, you know, feeling anxiety for them when they're talking about, you know, some of the things that they've had to go through.
1: Yeah, and I, I think... You know, we even though sometimes we wish we'd had, you know, more than one camera or a bigger crew or anything, I feel like because we were so bare bones, we really were kind of able to to blend in and and not kind of take folks out of the moment. So I feel like, you know, if we'd had maybe a big crew, it would have been harder for Yaya to like get to that point of emotional, you know, just being so emotionally open. But I think since it was it was just the two of us standing behind her, you know, it maybe felt a little more like I'm just hanging out with a couple of my friends and I'm just like having a moment of realness. Um, So I think we're that's we we love raw and intimate. And, you know, that's what we were going for. We never we wanted the audience to kind of forget we were there.
0: Yeah, I don't think it would have had the same effect had you had, you know, a bigger crew with fancy lights and green screens and things like that i don't think it would have had that same type of that same type of raw emotion if that makes sense
1: yeah definitely um yeah i think you know we still sometimes kick ourselves because you know just because it was only the two of us we sometimes like miss some really great moments but um so i think we sometimes still have that like oh man if we'd had just like Hmm. one more camera person maybe we could have got it when you know Tony said that great line or whatever. Um, But um, at the end of the day, yeah, I think we're we're pretty psyched with how it turned out.
2: Yeah, I think it really, I mean, I hope it comes across like we made a movie about our two best friends because that's pretty much actually what happened. Um, They both became, I mean, Mary and Jack already had a connection, but kind of all four of us now, we still talk every day and text. And um, it's just kind of like a, a beautiful relationship between the four of us
0: well I think what's unique about it at least to me is that the story at its core is about these two best friends who are going through essentially the same thing I was like what are the odds of that actually happening two people who grow up close to each other played with each other as kids and now they're they're at this point like I I was just mind-blown by that fact and it kind of carried with me throughout you know the entire the entire documentary because you know it's the whole subject is something that I don't know a lot about but I have done you know through you know in leading up to watching this documentary I've done more more research on it It, it's so emotional and something that I haven't felt honestly in quite a while when it comes to really watching any type of movie oh
1: we're so glad to hear that and you know I think we made the film hoping, you know, that that we'd be able to to connect and, you know, have the story connect with a range of different folks, right? You know, we wanted people who have never, you know, who, who are maybe new to trans issues to feel like this is a way to learn. But we also wanted to make it for people in the LGBT community to also feel seen. So it's really fun to get all the different reactions and, um, you know, takeaways for folks so we're, we're so glad that, that you felt like it was um a good experience for you
0: and i'll be honest the especially jack's family like i would live with that family like they were like some of the nicest people I, i've seen on film in quite a while just of how you know open they were and just like yeah i mean yeah you know jack's transgender but still love him i think it was um i think it was jack's uncle who used the quote all you need is love and that that yeah. was what that that to me was one of the, the most like it was short, but one of the most powerful quotes of the whole thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, their families really are just like extraordinary. I mean, they there's there's no experience like it. And I feel like it's kind of changed both Jen and I in like the way that they just can like love so deeply is really really inspiring. And I feel like it's also kind of an interesting moment to be talking about their family too, because they're kind of, you know, a working class family, which I think, you know, you could look at them and and easily think, okay, these are probably going to be folks who might lean towards more toward the right, maybe, you know, Trump supporters, right? But even, you know, it kind of shows kind of the complexity that sometimes, you know, it isn't just what, how, you know, you know, what you would uh, assume these folks would think, you know, right. Uh, You know, they love their kids no matter what Um, they love their, you know, or even not their kids, right. Anybody who grew up in their circle was, was family. So I think that's also kind of um, been a point that we've really enjoyed is kind of, you know, um, pushing folks to think about like who they think can be an ally. Well,
0: and the cool thing too, and some other moments that I liked from, from the documentary is just seeing Them all just you know kind of hanging out, you know whether it's watching football or eating, talking, because you 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 felt like, and I, I hate to keep going back to the whole like raw feeling type of thing, but with it feeling that way, you almost felt like you were in the room or in the house and part of that conversation because it was like, yeah, I could see my family. You know, having a conversation like that while they're making food or watching TV or just, you know, doing normal family things.
2: Yeah, we we actually both uh, confession here. We both raised our arms in victory when you said that <laughs> because we really <laughs> um, we really did want to make the audience feel like they were a fly on the wall and they were just hanging out with this beautiful family full of love, and we really wanted them to feel that love and like feel that kind of palpable um i guess for lack of a better word again love that we felt
0: well i think also with documentaries and i've never worked on one i hope to change that at some point but the thing that i think makes documentaries stand out more than your typical narrative film is that you you get those real moments you know with with narrative film everything's scripted like it can make you feel emotions like sadness or, you know, happiness or laughter. But with a documentary, it's real people and real stories. So that that was, that's just what kept coming back to me and that, you know, I was thinking back to other documentaries that I've seen. And uh, I think that's what makes documentaries so unique.
1: Yeah, I feel like both Jen and I feel like, you know, you can't make up anything better than real life. You know, sometimes like, you know, I feel like if you made like a narrative film about Jack and Yaya, it would seem like super trite and like, you know, oh, come on, you know, corny, but I feel like it works with when it's just real life. Cause you're like, yep, that's literally just how the universe worked that these two folks were drawn to each other. That they've stayed friends for 30 years and that it's all about love. But like, I feel like when it's authentic love, it doesn't get too corny.
0: Yeah, no, I I would absolutely agree with that. But kind of transitioning into more of like the technical side of you guys making the documentary. So did you guys have anyone else besides just you two um, on set?
2: Yeah, on set, no, it was was just us. It was very much a skeleton crew. Um, I ran the camera and audio and Mary monitored it. um, And then she kind of, did the prompts or asked the questions depending on what happened or just kind of was, um, a little bit of a, a PA too. (laughs) She wore a lot of hats.
0: Yeah. I noticed that in the, uh, when I was going through the end credits, I was like, man, you guys wore a lot of hats, but I mean, that's, that's what you have to do, especially when it's, you know, a project you're doing on your own or really type of any type of indie project. You're, if you're directing, you're probably doing something else too. So, it's uh, it it's very interesting. I I made um my first short a couple of years ago, and even though you know, like I wrote it and directed it, I still helped out you know in any other way I could. But I think with when it comes to film, that's the best way to learn is just do a little bit of everything.
2: Yeah, I definitely learned um that I don't want to do a little bit of everything forever. <laughs> so that's definitely something I learned. Um, and then also. Um, I've said this before, but I think next time there's definitely going to be another camera. Um, the one camera, I think, I feel like, you know, I feel like we could have had a sequel if we had two cameras, you know, I feel like there could have been like, uh, you know, an episodic series or something like that. So I do regret that, but it was just kind of lack of funds, um, and kind of lack of knowledge of where this was going to go that prevented us from really, uh, getting a bigger crew, but I think it, I think it worked for us ultimately.
0: Well, it's all a learning experience too. I mean, you, you're going to, whatever project you work on, you're going to think of something like, man, I wish I would have you know thought of that or if I had done that differently, but you know, that that's going to be, whether it's your first project or your 10th, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be that way. Um, what was the most challenging aspect to you guys of making this documentary happen?
1: Oof, that's a great question yeah. I, I think the, for for me the first thing that comes to mind is just like having to car- like carve down all this footage mm-hmm. into a film because there were you know there were a bunch of scenes that we really loved but just like could not quite work into the film um so i felt like that was pretty hard and we were really lucky too that you know it was just us for shooting but then we we actually were able to bring someone in to help edit um his name is Georgie Cruz um and he's just fantastic and we actually found him through another internet success we just put an ad ad on Craigslist and apparently his friend sent it to him um so thanks Craigslist but he came in and really gave us this like super necessary outside uh perspective because I think we got like so far deep in it that we couldn't see like what spoke to an audience and what just kind of what was stuff that we just liked. So that was, I feel like that was the hardest part and the most kind of like heartbreaking part was having to kind of like, you know, cut some of our favorite scenes. I was going to say the exact same thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I will say the the second thing that I was not expecting to hear on this interview was Craigslist first. Okay. Keep it now Craigslist. So it's like the, the old school internet helped make this documentary happen. So I know I, I love it.
2: The kids are gonna turn this off. They're gonna be like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> What's
0: Craigslist?" <laughs> no uh, but yeah, you you bring up a great point because bringing in someone that didn't have anything really to do with the project to have you know that fresh perspective on it to put it together like they'll they'll see things that you know you won't if you're the director or the writer. It's essentially like you have in your mind how you think it will look. But then someone else can come in and say, yeah, that that works, but this also might work too. And then at times it ends up you know, being better than how you originally thought of. So I, I think that's good that you brought on an extra person to edit.
1: Yeah, it was just like, we still have like, there's like, um, I don't know if you remember this scene, but... Um, uh Jack's talking about his grandmother watching the Rosie O'Donnell show and how he kind of used that as a gauge of like whether she would accept him if he came out, you know, at the time when he identified as gay. Um Jen and I used to hate that scene. We were like, "Oh my god, he takes forever to talk. He talks way too slow. Like just get to the point, forget it." And Georgie pushed and pushed and pushed for that scene. And I feel like Almost up till the end we were still like, I don't know about this to the point where we were mad at him. You know? <laughs> yeah, we just like, It's our movie, like we're gonna do what we want, bro. But um yeah, he's right. And so, and now like every time I feel like almost every screening we had someone be like, You know what scene I loved it was when Jack talked about his grandma I and mean, we were all like, Man, Georgie, you like you saw that. So there I think like there are a lot of those instances where he just like he he had the right perspective that we had totally lost.
0: No, I would agree. I think that's one of the better scenes in the whole thing, because then it, it then it then it made me think back to, oh yeah, I forgot, you know, almost forgot that that even happened. Like I knew it happened, but you don't really. You know, it's one of those things that happened so long ago that you don't really think of it. Mm-hmm. But I, I I liked the the dynamic with Jack and um, and his grandma quite a bit, especially when they're waiting uh, at the elevator and they're trying to guess you know, which one's going to pop up first. And then of course she picks the correct one. And he's like, man, cause I, I, I love doing that. Even like occasionally now I'm like, I wonder which elevator is going to come up first. So that, that made me laugh.
1: She's like just the cutest human being. And her and Jack still like watch the prices right at the same time. Cause right now he's out of work because of, you know, COVID-19. Um, oh, She's just like the sweetest thing. She got really excited when she found out that, like, I I guess, like someone did like an interview, uh, like talked about the film on some local news channel. And she got like so excited about it. So she's just like the sweetest human on Earth.
2: She's also been um, this is interesting, recognized in the supermarket because of the documentary. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Um, It was just kind of like a serendipitous local thing. Um, Actually, I think one of Yaya's friends had come to the premiere, which was in Philadelphia. And uh, yeah, saw I Dee, Dee in the in the grocery and was like, look, I have goosebumps. Like, I just
1: I just saw your movie, you know, and then she Dee, Dee just felt like a celebrity after that. She's like, oh, my God, honey, they recognized me in the grocery store.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. So uh, she's no, well on the no, she she came off as, you know, one of the nicest people. Yeah, I mean, his whole family in general, but her and his dad. I think were my two favorites just because of how you know, open they were to it. And the fact that it was really a, a non-issue. It's, it's like I said earlier, it's you're still our family. So we still love you. You know, we want you to be happy. So that, that the, the scenes with those two, like when they were talking were some of my favorites just because it was so, you know, refreshing to see.
1: Yeah, I think Tony uh, Jack's dad is really just like like the number one LGBT ally, you know, and it's so great because, again, I think you might not look at him and think, oh, you know, here's a p-, p flag dad. But, you know, he he, you know, was raised by his with his uncle who is gay. And and he seriously Jack says, I swear, my dad has never messed up my pronouns before. Like he immediately just like got it and was like, great, you're my son. I love you. You know, that's um, awesome. So I think that's also really good to see because, you know, a lot of folks when they come out, you know, it is really hard. And I think that it's important to acknowledge that. But I think it's also probably nice for folks to realize that there will be some people maybe in your life who will just get it from day one. And I feel like especially if we're thinking about, you know, younger folks or even just folks who are, who are thinking about as, you know, coming out, um, that it's important to, to remember that there, there are always people who are going to love you for who you are.
0: Yeah, and I've I've been telling people this, and I especially think it now after watching watching this documentary. And I I don't like to get very political on the show, and I'm not going to now, but I think with everything that's going on right now, I, I tell people life is too short for you to think, oh, well, you know, I may not agree with this, so I hate it. But it's like, life's too short to not do what makes you happy. Totally. So I, I think, you know, just let people be happy and I think we'll all be better for it.
1: Couldn't agree more.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the film um, really shows people being happy, right? Like, I, we don't gloss over the, the struggles that they have, but we also kind of just see them getting to just live their lives and, like, have, like, little random conversations and go to the pool at, like, you know, 4 a.m. at night. Um, just kind of, like, the the joy of being trans and in the LGBT community. Um, I think that's very helpful for our community to see.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. What was... So after you guys wrapped filming everything, was there anything in particular that had an emotional impact on you 2
1: mm. Oh. I feel like I'm like, what didn't have an emotional
2: impact on me? <laughs> I know <laughs> both of us are like total emo babies anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, we, we might have to take a moment for that.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but I mean, I think, I think I said this a little bit earlier, but I felt like um, experiencing the, the openness of Jack's family was really impactful for me. Um, just kind of like, you know, I'm from like a, very nice but kind of like a reserved New England family and having seeing that like you know just like the openness and like the just bringing in anybody who wants to hang out with them you know I think I carry that with me a lot and I think that impacted me more than I thought it was you know at the beginning I was like oh they're you know they like to party it's always just like you know drinking and hanging out but there really is something deeper there and it's about like just loving everybody so fiercely and just being welcoming to everyone. So I feel like I've carried that with me. Definitely.
0: So as we start to wrap up here, uh, I did want to ask, you know, I know with COVID going on and everything, it's really impacted the film industry, but have you guys submitted the documentary to any festivals and how, how is, how has it been doing or is it going to be available anytime soon for people to watch?
1: Yeah, so we, we kind of did our, our festival circuit over 2019, um, and, you know, we had kind of been hoping to, to continue on a little bit longer, but with COVID-19, we felt like, all right, let's, let's, get, um, let's try and reach as many folks as possible. So we're very excited that um, the film will be streaming on Friday, June 19th. It'll be on Amazon, Vimeo On Demand, Gumroad, and Real House, um, all for rental. So we're super, super excited about that.
0: Fantastic. What do you hope is the, the lasting impact of this documentary?
2: I hope that people are moved to not just empathize, um, with our community and trans folks. Um, but also to take some action and, you know, sign some petitions and make some calls, uh, and really make sure that everybody is getting equal opportunities uh, to live the life that they want to live.
1: And I think another part of that is also that I hope um, members of the LGBTQ community who who see the film also um, feel like uh, we're doing their stories justice, and that they, you know, are feel seen and they feel the joy in this film. And while, you know, I think it's important for us to also um, to talk about, you know, the struggles and the challenges of being trans, that they also feel that this is a celebration of of, you know, the LGBTQ community and the importance of those um, those bonds between, you know, what uh, folks in the LGBTQ community, um, our chosen family, which I think is, is really important.
0: That's fantastic. And last question, do you guys have any website or social media you'd like to plug so the listeners can follow you?
2: Sure, you can follow us at um, on Instagram at Jack and Yaya Film. And we also have a website called jackandyaya.com.
1: And we're also we've got uh, we're on it. A- Facebook too. We have a Facebook page and we're newly on Twitter. So don't let our small following <laughs> scare you off. We're, we're looking to connect with more folks. Please don't judge us.
0: <laughs> well, you guys will have one more follow after we're done with the interview. So oh, you'll, awesome. you'll be good.
2: Thank you so much.
0: No. And I will say in closing, uh, thank you guys uh, for taking the time to do this interview. And thank you for uh, the opportunity to watch the documentary is honestly, and I'm not saying this just because, i happen to be talking with you too but it was one of the most raw emotional and enlightening documentaries that i've watched in in quite some time so thank you
1: thank you we're so so glad you enjoyed it thank you derek that's it
2: that's pretty much exactly what we were going for so we're gonna have a big old drink after we <laughs> hang up
0: have some bush lights
2: <laughs> exactly <laughs>
0: Thanks again to both Jen and Mary for coming on the show to have that really fun and really enlightening conversation. Be sure to check out their documentary, Jack and Yaya, which is available on Amazon Prime and other streaming services starting Friday, June 19th. Next week, I'll be talking with film director and lawyer Cam Cowan. And what's going to be interesting about this interview is it will be live on Facebook this upcoming Sunday at 6.05 Central Time on facebook.com slash Podcast. I've never done a straight-up live interview before, so it's going to be very interesting to see how this goes. Um, it's going to be kind of a trial run, so we'll see what happens. But I do hope to do um, other live interviews in the future, because starting next week, my schedule's going to get a little bit crazier because I picked up a side job hosting Trivia, at different bars around town here in Pensacola. I'm going to be doing that, I know for sure, every Tuesday. I might be doing it on Mondays as well, so I might be doing uh, interviews on Sunday evenings, either live or pre-recorded, or maybe you know some other time during the week if I can fit it in. But it's going to be a very busy time, but we're still going to keep the show going. Uh, hopefully have some more fun conversations over the next few weeks. But if you want to check out past episodes of the podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, really anywhere you can get podcasts. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. And if you could, leave a review. The more reviews I get, the more visible I become to the podcasting public, which means more exposure for the show. You can also follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Podcast. And of course, thank you to my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers, for providing the theme music for the podcast. You can check out all their music on Apple Music, Google Play, and Spotify. That's going to do it for this week's show. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another awesome episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I'm your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here this Sunday on Facebook Live.